Good Monday afternoon to your family. This is Chris. You're listening to Encouraging Your Spirit, the podcast. Just wanted to come by with Monday encouraging thoughts uh, for your mind, your heart, and your spirit. Today, we're talking about uncertainty, trusting God in times of uncertainty. So I had this song, honestly, uh, if I confess and tell you the truth, which I am, I've been thinking about this uh, song since this weekend, and I did try to make a recording where I sang it, but it, the recording didn't come through, so it's like it's cut off somewhere, so I'm trying it again. I actually tried it again earlier this morning, but I had a meeting to go to, so I wasn't able to commit to doing the full recording all in one, so this is take three. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine. Foreign skies may turn to gray. I don't worry or the future, for I know. What Jesus said, and today I walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who owes tomorrow, and I know. Who holds my hand? I was thinking about that song all weekend. Hope I did it justice because there's a lot of modulation. And But I was thinking about it. I remember how the elders in the church used to sing that song and get so happy. Or as the elders would say, full with the Lord. It, it, you know, And basically uh, because they would get emotional about the song why would they get emotional i think because whatever was going on in their life i was you know in high school maybe a kid so i don't know understand what their emotions might have been at that time but i also think of uh, my grandmother's words affectionately known as yam who used to say you just keep a living and that wasn't necessarily admonishment it's just the longer you live or the more you live period and not necessarily age related uh is all the life experiences that we have and how that does bring about uh, uncertainty because sometimes we don't know what's next we don't know what's about what's what happens tomorrow life is lifing the most i think i identify with it because i can think about you know you know the the season that i'm in in my life has brought both best the best of times and uncertainty at the same time in different contexts in different ways uh be it you know you know all kinds of different experiences and i was just thinking about well what do we you me us as i'm trying to say hold on to in those moments in those seasons of time in our life and i think trusting god when we don't know about tomorrow thinking about the fact that you know we sometimes i've been dealing with trying to you know letting go of control or just letting go just just surrendering and when you're surrendering and letting go, it doesn't mean that you don't care. It's just you acknowledge that, you know what, I don't I don't have the answer in this. I don't have the, uh, I don't know how, know how the outcome is going to go. I don't get to control that. 
but I do uh, trust, you know, that Abba is with me and for me and how Abba is with and for me, I know Abba's spirit is with and for us. Let's go to God for a word of prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for being the God who knows our needs before we ever say a single word you know exactly what we need before there ever was a problem you already had a solution there's nothing that occurs or happens that is a surprise to you we thank you for your constancy we thank you for your immense love that is infinite higher than the mountains that we face stronger than the power of the grave we thank you for your goodness we thank you that you're the god that delights in each and every one of us that sees that he is the god that pursues the god that pers perseveres that you deliver that you provide that you protect that you are always with us that's why the song writer would say your love is enduring like a covenant of old like a ring of of solid brass and that's why our praise uh, your praise will ever be on our lips thank you help us take heart in the beauty that's going on uh, in today in us and around us and within us we thank you oh god that we are alive and you're alive within us breath in our lungs life in our body this is the day that you have made and we will rejoice in it help us to rejoice when we can't when we don't when we're unable to really articulate how we should be rejoicing articulate what the what's going on in our world or in our life in the present moment moment to moment millisecond to millisecond even means or translates but we know you and you are with us and you are for us and we trust you we thank you for all you're doing for the god that you are for us in this moment in this present time help us to continue to grow help us help us help us in jesus name amen hope y'all doing well today i saw this devotional on proverbs uh, 31 this morning i thought that it fit uh the time uh govern yourselves accordingly why does chris say govern yourselves accordingly because i enjoy proverbs 31 ministries i do but while it's true that i enjoy proverbs 31 ministries and some of the the devotionals probably more than others i cannot say that proverbs 31 ministries a lot of the uh devotionals some of them i can't say with absolute 100 percent certainty that every single devotional by an author let's say you like one and you want to seek out that author will be safe and inclusive and progressive for lgbtqia plus i do not know that some of the ones definitely that i read to you for sure either a i modify it so that it is or b i read it and it, it was from the beginning but i know sometimes that can be a challenge when you're looking for encouragement and you're using some of the um i guess you want to say mainstream um authors because i this happened to me i read one book i think it was by john bevere that was about intimacy with god that book was wonderful great book I sought out some of the other citations that were within that book, and then I ran across one that was not really helpful. Uh, very, um, it was homophobic. 
and I just remember thinking, well, I could close the book and and or I could read the parts that were helpful and move move forward. But everybody is not in that space and place. And I never want to be a hindrance to people in any way. Everything that I do, I want it to be from the place that understands that people see things from different lenses and different perspectives and how you honor the fact that sometimes people have used scriptures have used the relationship with God, have just used things in ways that are hindrances and harmful instead of what it should have been or what it is. And for me, when I'm talking about a relationship with Christ or the representation of Jesus, um, to me, that means that Jesus doesn't exclude anybody. We're all a part of the kingdom experience, okay? And I think that when we're teaching uh, scripture, when we're teaching or sharing your life, the words, the way you create that content should be inclusive of that instead of exclusive. That's just my thoughts. That's just what I think. Uh, so let's go on with the scripture. The scripture is Exodus 17:7. Uh, it says, and he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord by saying, is the Lord among us or not? And the writer said, had a great image. You hear me rattling my paper because I wrote my notes out. When trouble comes, we can pause, take a deep breath, and choose to acknowledge the unshakable reality of God's presence. I love that. When trouble comes, we can pause, take a deep breath, and choose to acknowledge the unshakable reality of God's presence. So the author, Carr, uh, is talking about reading the accounts of Yosemite's National Park's beauty, but seeing it for herself she felt electrified with eyes wide she right right she tried to absorb the grandeur the massive rock formation uh the monstrous granite face basking in the sun the waters of Bradalville fall roared with authority and the peak known as half dome stretched upward shrouding itself in clouds all this splendor she writes made it clear god's presence lives among this land god's fingerprint was evident on every breathtaking peak and yet her heart struggled to reconcile how a god who created such majesty could let crushing heartache into her family and she writes this because just before the trip her son had received a diagnosis in identifying special needs that would change his life and her family's life forever and she writes about how she found herself thrust onto a hard road that they neither anticipated nor desired. It felt like God was asking me to scale one of these peaks with no equipment. And she couldn't help but wonder, God, are you here with me? Have you forgotten about us? And I understood that. Not because I have the experience. I do not have any children. But I, I when I was reading that paragraph, I was thinking how some of the interesting things about uh journeys in life um are that more than one thing can be true at the same time you can be experiencing splendor and majesty and beauty yet also have um discord yet also have dissension also have um sadness and grief on the other end it just depends on the the uh depends on the person it depends on the life or it depends on the journey it is it is it, it is more than one thing like i said it's true like in my own life i was thinking how there are times where you know school is going great i'm making straight a's um i got a recent grant 
but there might be some challenges in my health there might be some challenges in my relationships there could be there depending on which part of my life you walked up in on both of those things could be true all of those things could be true at the same time but as the writer continues and we're going to continue on maybe uh you i don't know where you find yourself this morning but she's asking maybe you're asking yourself the same questions in your in your marriage in your family in your work or your health you may struggle to see the evidence of god's activity as you wipe away endless tears you may wonder is spirit with you if spirit has your best interest in mind it's understandable i think because oftentimes you know in the experience of faith in the faith walk faith journey sometimes it feels like god is silent you out here lifing and and I, i'm not saying it's true that god is silent but it can feel like it's silent and in exodus you know we're reading about the israelites who struggled to believe god was with them they'd seen god perform miracles on their behalf from parting the red sea exodus 14 to sending daily bread remember the manna but at every bump in the road they wrestled with believing god was on their side and then there's also exodus 17 where israelites became overwhelmed with the need for water as they wandered in the desert and instead of uh trusting god to provide they broke out in full-on panic meltdown and um he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord by saying, is, uh, is the Lord among us or not? In response, God told Moses to strike the rock. And in another supernatural display, fresh water, like in every crisis before God came through because God was providing for the people of Israel, uh, Israelites throughout their journey. Yet instead of memorializing God's permission, this place would symbolize the people testing and quarreling. Masa is testing, Meribah is quarreling. In hindsight, we see how the Israelites succumbed to panic. God's provision didn't arrive in the way they expected. So instead of firmly fixing their eyes on God, they focused on the lack of an oasis or a watering hole or well. And in this posture, their minds couldn't fathom that a lifeless rock could provide what they need. But God's presence never left their midst, even when they couldn't see it. And I found that so encouraging because oftentimes, I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but when we think about provision and what it means that we really want when we're asking the Lord, God's spirit to provide for us. I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but in my own life, sometimes I already have a preconceived notion of how God is supposed to fix it. I have my own list. You can only do it in these parameters in this way. And it could could be provision could be happening, yet I am incapable of seeing it because I have, you know, this experience of it should only be this. It should only be in, in this way. And I don't know if I have any friends, but that's what I out here in the in the in the podcast land. But that's what I was thinking of when I was thinking about this um, paragraph that the author is is writing. Could it be that um, we we are being provided for, but because you know our minds can't fathom what the provision should be or we've already interpreted what that provision should look like that we might not see it and that's what she later writes she was like if we're honest me you us often take this similar approach we quickly conclude that we must be on our own when we see only desert rock desert rocks and unscalable mountains in our path when human solutions are absent we often assume god's presence must be absent too but she encouraged
encouragement with the next time we face a crisis, the next time you face any experience in your life, guess what? Me, you, us can make a different choice. Because why? We get to choose. We get to decide. Because Jesus has promised in Matthew 28, 20 to always be with us. So no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, we get to take a deep breath, choose to acknowledge the unshakable reality of God's presence. And that's one of the things I think, too, that I like about uh, not this writer that wrote, but I think it's Lisa Turkos that wrote in one of her books um, that really spoke to me is I don't know if it was a prayer or a book chapter that says, God, we we know your presence, even though we, we may not feel your presence. And oftentimes one of the challenges in life is that if if we don't feel it, we often feel that it's not there. And that doesn't necessarily mean that that's always the case. Or just thinking about our expectations and um, needs. How sometimes um, we need to cultivate the habit of shifting our eyes from the obstacle to God who will sustain us through it. And I know that sounds often easier said than done. Fixing our gaze on Jesus frees us to experience God's provision in surprising ways. What's the point? I think we have to open our mind and expand our consciousness to what provision means. Oftentimes, we, we provision is a popular topic to talk about all the time because oftentimes people are experiencing so many different things. So there's so many different ways you can go. Just, just to generalize, and I don't really even want to generalize, but I can just think about like times in my life, provision for me meant delivered from the situation, that the situation was removed, that I would not have to face any of the emotions, any of the experiences, any of it, that he would just, I'm saying he, but you know, it could, you know, um, but God could, would just remove it. And sometimes there were situations where that happened and then sometimes provision happened in different ways. And sometimes, too, I had to acknowledge that the only way I was willing to accept provision was, like I said at the beginning, under a certain amount of parameters. And I was the one that was being limited because God is infinite. Spirit can provide in so many different ways. And, and will we ever open and expand our consciousness in order to see that? And I know that's a challenge because I know we were talking uh, a week ago about could there possibly be a narrative or script that we believe about a situation and you know my point in that was that sometimes more than one thing can be true or the fact that like I think the, the author of, of that that devotional that I had come up across was talking about having a challenge with math and later she was able and believing she wasn't good at math but later discovered that you know when, when it came to it and she had to do like regression analysis she was able to do math and then she later talked about how, well, could that not be also true? That same type of situation be applicable in our lives when we've told ourselves we're bad at relationships or we're bad at or we're not good at. Is it possible that that script that we keep saying, that we keep repeating is incorrect? How does that relate to today? Is it possible that we could be limiting our our thoughts, could, that our thoughts could be limited on our belief of what provision looks like? Or, or what the presence of God is or should be based on the situation and experience that we're in. Because just because the, the, the doctor's prognosis is not good or could very well change the way we thought about life moments before the doctor um, report came through does not mean that spirit is not with us and providing. That we can see beauty in the day 
and life can still be having an experience that is not necessarily pleasant that is is detrimental because there's lots of people's experiences that are absolutely devastating and i'm not trying to take away with that by some simple semantic or colloquialism of a statement but i also think it's it's important to think about while it's true to feel what you feel to lament and go through those emotions it's also important and necessary to really think about expanding your your uh consciousness your mind about how you're seeing that because life is difficult it is it can be it's not difficult necessarily all the time but they're definitely um sometimes and i don't i hesitate to say life is difficult it's not difficult all the time because i could say my life chris's life has not been difficult all the time but i think depending on who you ask the subject in the context that answer could vary yet the point in all of that is will me you us choose to look for god's presence along your desert road will you look for god's presence in the mountain will you look for on on the mountain will you look for god's presence in the valley will you look for god's presence you know in the joyous times i think it's 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 often easy to see it in the joyous times because everything is exciting and wonderful and happy and you're not necessarily, I mean, you could be grateful and thanking Jesus, but it's not a crisis. But when it's, when, when you're in crisis and whatever that crisis looks like and is, is, is a wide representation, I think our viewpoints shift and change. So wherever you find yourself, be sure to look for the presence of God. What's the point? God is always with you, sustaining presence in our lives. That's all I got for you today. Just wanted to come by and bring that to you. I hope what I have said encourages your mind, your heart, and your spirit. Think about it. When trouble comes, when life comes, remember to take a pause, a deep breath, and choose to acknowledge the unshakable reality of God's presence. I love that quote, and I probably modified it a little bit. But, hey, take take a look on Proverbs 31 Ministry and read that one. Uh, should you will and govern yourself accordingly okay that's all i got i hope you are well i hope things are going wonderful for you um if there's any um prayer requests uh encouraging your spirit podcast at gmail.com we also recorded a brand new podcast episode on uh last week but editing um i'm I'm running a little behind on editing because i have other things to do for my doctoral program in school so the new episode will drop um hopefully the week of of may 16th okay thank y'all for listening you be blessed i love you it'll never change peace